In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. There are several challenging passages in the Bible where we learn what God hates. And these are hard to square for all of us who know and pray to a loving God. How could God, who is himself love, hate, which seems to be love's very opposite? Well, well, just as a bright light casts a shadow, so must love be accompanied by hate. In fact, in order to love most deeply, perhaps we must simultaneously hate whatever ruins that love. For example, if you are deeply, if you deeply love the innocence and beauty of young children, you must deeply hate abuse and neglect of such innocence. If you love the truth, you must hate mistruth and lies. If you love human flourishing, you must hate war and dictatorship. Well, God deeply loves human beings, us. And so it makes sense that God hates one of our worst tendencies, and that is human pride. Now remember that hate is a reflex, an echo of God's love. God hates pride because it replaces our greatest self with something which is less great and wonderful and beautiful. And God's hatred of pride is all over the scriptures. I could have given you 20 examples. Here's two. In Proverbs, everyone who is arrogant is an abomination to the Lord. Jesus reiterates it 10 different ways in the New Testament and says, what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Pride has always been, it seems, and it always will be, this fatal flaw that we all have. That's why it's the first sin you confessed. That's for a reason. It's why the church is always called pride the queen of all sins, because every other sin comes from it. Pride is a nation killer, it's a family killer, and it's a you and me killer. It's also a church killer. And that's what we see in Paul's writings this entire month in the church of Corinth leading up to the season of the cross. Spiritual pride, ethnic pride, family pride is dividing the church and Paul is exposing it in the light of the day. You are arrogant, Paul says. Your knowledge puffs you up, but God will cut you down. Pride puffs you up, but love builds up. So let no one boast in the presence of God. What made Paul great, however, is he doesn't just attack the problem. He engages everyone in the solution. Paul writes, Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boasts in the Lord. What Paul acknowledges here in just a few words is though, although our pride is unacceptable, it is at least understandable. Perhaps it's even spiritual. Since God designed us, it must be that we have a God-given desire to boast about something great and someone great. So the problem then isn't the boasting. The problem is boasting about the wrong things. 
Somehow, in our sinfulness, we forgot how to boast about God and to rightfully call the greatest thing the greatest. And instead, we substitute all kinds of things, boasting in power and knowledge of the world's ways. Our brand new car, or a shiny motorcycle, or biceps that look like grapefruits, or our attractive body, or advanced degrees, or phenomenal wealth, or business acumen. And if mentioning any of these things didn't tweak your pride a little bit, let's try this one. I would say that the most dangerous aspect of pride in this place is our ethnic pride, our Armenian pride. That cuts closer to home, I know. We've gotten so used to thinking of Armenian pride as a positive thing, we forget that we profess that sin, confess that sin every week, and that God hates all human pride. Why would this exclude Armenian pride? And I know many of you hate me saying this, but remember, hate is the flip side of love. God hates Armenian pride, but he doesn't hate Armenians. He loves Armenians. But he hates our tendency to worship ourselves and not him. It's great to be proud of being Armenian, but Armenian pride, especially of the worship kind, is so, so damaging to us. It makes us weaker. It makes us overconfident and unprepared. You've seen the consequences of that in our homeland. It keeps us isolated instead of being connected to others. It keeps us competitive and backstabbing instead of cooperative. God hates Armenian pride, and he hates American pride, and he hates priestly pride, he hates Democrat and Republican pride, and he wants us to find the true way to fulfillment and joy. And so in his wisdom, a wisdom that is not of this earth, God decided to block all the roads that humankind builds to heaven, which rely on our own power, heritage, creed, strength. And he puts in its place what? The cross. This narrow, hard way. And we're asked to orient ourselves to this way on the threshold of the season of the cross starting just next Sunday. This way of the cross is the world's strongest medicine against pride. Just picture any billionaire of the world, or celebrity, or politician, American, Armenian, African. Picture this person, well-dressed and well-groomed. Now imagine them being taken out of the outskirts of a great city to a garbage dump to behold a man hanging naked on a cross by the nails in his wrist, grasping for his last breath, and being told, this, sir, is wisdom and righteousness and holiness and redemption. Will you kneel down here and cast yourself on his mercy? In other words, God has chosen a way of salvation that is totally devastating to human pride. You want me to bow down to that? Do you see my wealth and my power over others? You think I need that? Do you see the superpowers of the world, how their power and wealth dominates, and you want my people to bow before this? Who do you think we are? Yes, the cross 
is God's great killer of pride, be it ethnic or personal or professional, and thus it's his great instrument of love. And through it, God opens a way to glory that proud men and women, like me, and maybe like you, find it pretty hard to take. Is this because God hates his children that he has made? Of course not. God loves us dearly, and therefore, he hates our pride. And in blocking our prideful ways, he merely blocks our road to unhappiness, and he tries to reroute us onto the humble way of the cross, which is the only route to glory and to God. So then let us be careful with our boasting and meditating on Paul's words that we will actually read next Sunday, the Sunday of the cross. Paul says, God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So let this be our only boast, because there's no greater love, no greater life, no greater joy than to boast in God now and always and unto the ages of ages.